Hi there. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about arthritis, something that unfortunately most people will deal with at some point in their life. So arthritis is very, very frustrating. And unfortunately, it leads to pain and debilitation and for some people, surgery. More often than not, usually when they get older. So let's talk about the different types. Let's talk about where we have a tendency to get it and where we don't get it. Let's talk about how it presents, how you feel. What are some things we can do to prevent it? What are some things we can do to treat it? Is it reversible? And you know, we're gonna kind of bring all this together. So uh, I'll start off simply. There are two types of arthritis. There's osteoarthritis and then there's rheumatoid arthritis. Osteoarthritis is something that slowly develops over time. There's some genetic links to it, but it is not genetically directly correlated. Rheumatoid arthritis is a completely different situation. Very, very strong ties to genetics and very significant presentation. So if you've ever seen someone usually they're older now, probably in their 60s, 70s, or 80s, who used to have or, or currently has very um, strange-shaped fingers where their fingers are, or have, uh, uh, you know, they may have significant knuckles or, or, or tips of their finger look really funny or their shapes of their, of their fingers are really curled. That's usually a classic presentation of rheumatoid arthritis. Now, nowadays, we really have done a great job of identifying rheumatoid arthritis really early on, 20s, 30s, 40s, before the destruction of the joint has really been able to happen. And as a result, we've been able to get ahead of these and we've been able to prevent uh, this with some of these crazy meds. So uh, a lot of them, one that comes to mind, not you know using any specific brands, but it just comes to mind is Embril. Um, there's a bunch of them. And, and a lot of them uh, are essentially immune system blockers that help uh, to essentially prevent the destruction of the joint. There are old school meds we used to use like methotrexate um, that unfortunately has some side effects that some people don't tolerate, so they end up going to some of the newer ones. But technology and medicine has come so far that most people, if diagnosed early enough, will have pretty much normal lives, normal joints, and they really won't be able to tell that someone has rheumatoid arthritis. Now, uh, osteoarthritis is a completely different situation. And technically, you could have both, osteo and rheumatoid. That would be unfortunate, but unfortunately that is going to happen. Someone who is going, who has rheumatoid arthritis is likely going to have both. But if you have osteo, you probably uh, are not going to develop rheumatoid unless it's, you know, you're one of the few that happens to. But uh, osteoarthritis is very, very common, pretty much ubiquitous, meaning everyone will get it at some point in their life, depending on the joint. Whereas rheumatoid is much, much less common.
um, you know, I don't know the exact data, but probably 15%, maybe less than that. Um, and nowadays, as I said, the, uh, the fact that the joint is preserved so well, we haven't, you know, you don't even see the, the crazy fingers that I was describing anymore. Um, so let's talk about osteoarthritis. When, uh, when does it develop? Where does it develop? You know, which joints? So, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention one more thing about rheumatoid. People have a tendency to start developing rheumatoid relatively earlier in life. So if someone's in their 60s and they start developing arthritis, it's unlikely to be rheumatoid. It can be, but it's unlikely. So let's talk about osteoarthritis, where most people just call arthritis. So first of all, it's awful. It's miserable and it makes people constantly be in pain. What are the most common areas of the body to get it? First of all, the knees. Without question, very, very common. Where else are we going to get it? The hips and the low back. Those are the three areas that we're probably going to get it the highest majority. And, and, and why is that? Because we're what we call bipedal people. That means we walk upright on two feet. So your knees, your hips, and your back take the majority of the beating. And as a result, to have a tendency to get arthritis. Now, can you get it in your neck? Very much so, and a lot of us will. Can you get it in your thumbs? Yeah, that's actually not rare. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, playing on a phone and a lot of the manual stuff that we do, we're gonna get it a lot more than if we didn't do that. What areas don't we have a tendency to get it in? The ankle. The ankle is surprisingly spared. I don't know why, I just find it fascinating. There may be a good reason, but I don't know it. Um, the wrist doesn't get a whole lot of arthritis. The elbow doesn't get a whole lot of arthritis. And the shoulder, surprisingly, doesn't get a lot of arthritis. Now you can, I mean, if you were a surgeon, if you were a baseball pitcher, you're probably gonna get some arthritis and I've seen it. You know, manual labor, swinging a hammer or a jackhammer or something like that, you're probably gonna get arthritis in that joint. But in general, we don't get a lot of arthritis in our shoulder. And another reason in my head is just, we don't walk on our hands. So they that, indirectly probably spares them a lot of damage. Now, there's something that I wanna make note of, something called traumatic arthritis. So if you break your ankle, you are gonna get arthritis in that joint and there's nothing you can really do about it. You may be able to slow it down and we'll talk about that, but that specific injury is going to lead to arthritis. And the problem is if you didn't injure it, you might not have arthritis in that joint. Or if, if it's a joint that traditionally gets it, it may not be as bad. So that's one of the things you said, well, I did get arthritis in this joint. Well, maybe it happens to do with an injury that you sustained, and as a result, the vicious cycle started. I'm not gonna get into the nitty gritty of exactly what happens within the joint. And there's some controversy over that anyway. But I will talk, I, I really wanna talk about uh, kind of what happens and, and what you feel. So think of arthritis as a couple different mechanisms. One is destruction of the articular cartilage around the joint. So uh, 
whenever we each of our bones have a, a form of thick cartilage around it called articular cartilage in my head this is kind of like you painting a door or shellacking a door to protect the, the wood that's essentially what the articular cartilage is doing it's protecting the bone so if you were to take a piece out of that shellac or bang the door really hard and chip uh, some of the paint off it you're going to see the the wood underneath well that's essentially what happens to the bone so if you start uh, wearing down on that cartilage you're going to start exposing the actual bone and that's what starts causing a reaction which is essentially arthritis the other thing that happens is something called bone spurs or osteophytes osteophytes are uh, accumulations of calcium that the body develops over time now the body has a tendency to love putting calcium in places if we have an injury it uses it to try to fix that injury but the problem is it's really not supposed to be there so now you have this piece of hard calcium which is essentially bone what bones made out of in an area that shouldn't be there so tendons have a tendency to get a lot of calcium we can get calcium in our arteries but we really have a tendency to develop calcium and deposits or osteophytes bone spurs uh, that uh, start to, to, to attach or create onto different areas of our bone. So if they are in the low back, you may have a protruding uh, little piece of bone spur that is pushing on a nerve or it's decreasing the amount of space where a nerve comes out of or it's pushing into another joint and moving it a little bit. So you, you create what should be a nice smooth edge and now that has this extra piece of bone kind of stuck on top of it, almost like instead of having a nice smooth rock, you have this piece of gravel that has all these crazy shapes and edges. That's essentially what arthritis looks like, just depending on where you're talking about. I have my knee model here, and I'll, and I'll walk through that in a sec. But traditionally, uh, arthritis uh, typically presents with a lot of stiffness, a lot of aching pain. Traditionally, after a long period of rest, think of overnight, you wake up in the morning and traditionally you're going to have arthritis or arthritic pain that's about 30-ish minutes long. You don't, it's not on a timer, that's just roughly how long it lasts. So once you get going, you start feeling better and that stiffness starts to go away, but it never completely goes away. If you sit down for a long period of time, 10, 15, 20 minutes, an hour, whether you're sitting in a chair or in a car, then you get up, you start to feel kind of sore and stiff again, and then you do this vicious cycle over and over again. In my mind, this is, uh, the way arthritis presents is almost like ice crystals forming in a joint. And, 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 and when you start walking, you break those ice crystals free and the ice crystals present as you being really stiff. And once they start breaking free, you, you start to feel normal. Everything starts to get lubricated. You sit down and those ice crystals hypothetically reform. And now you start to feel this stiffness again. And you do the cycle over and over again. As the arthritis gets worse, you develop more of those crystals. That's not in actuality what it does, but that's a good way to think of it. So... Um, Let's take a look at the knee. The knee arthritis is unfortunately very, very common. I've seen it in early teenagers or, or, or early or 20s, late teenagers. 
I've seen it in the people in their 30s. And then, of course, we've seen it in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, so on. Why does it develop early? Well, it can be an injury. It can be overuse. It can be several factors, including <clears throat> excuse me, being overweight. So uh, the issue with uh, all of these is that because we're upright walkers, uh, runners, whatever we're doing, we're usually standing on our feet, and that means all of our body weight is on our knees. Well, every time we walk, the top leg rotates essentially on the bottom leg and it over and over and over again in a hinge joint. The problem is, if you are carrying more weight than your body thinks you should, i.e. you're overweight or obese, that adds a significant amount of stress onto the joint. That, in turn, has a tendency to wear the other joint faster. Say you are a runner or a basketball player and you don't have perfect form or you don't have perfect symmetry between the way the kneecap slides up and down in a groove uh, or one of your muscles is a little stronger than the other or one of your tendons is a little weaker than the other and that uh, kneecap is not sliding perfectly up and down. That's going to lead to arthritis underneath the kneecap. So how early can this develop? I had a 15-year-old the other day that already had early signs of arthritis underneath her kneecap. So it can happen. You may not know it. You may just call it some soreness. But when you look at it in imaging, in an MRI or, or, or whatnot, you start to see what is essentially early signs of arthritis. And this is kind of scary if you're you know, 15, 18, 20, and you're already having some arthritis. Imagine what you're going to feel like in 20, 30, 40 years. Um, so that can be a frustrating issue. Low back. Most of us are going to have some issues with our low back, unfortunately. Many of you probably already have. The issue is you're going to start getting arthritis in some of the hinge joints, called facet joints, on each side of the vertebrae, all the way going up and down the spine, usually in the lower part of the spine. Usually L4, 5, uh, S1, that's usually where we have our issues. Now the issue is this is going to present as throbbing, aching low back pain, usually when you wake up in the morning, and as you get going, it feels better. It never really goes away 100%, but it feels better. Now, if you have arthritis in your thumb, it usually presents right on the top of the thumb where essentially the bottom where it meets the wrist. And it's, it, can, it can present with swelling. It can present with heat, like it's very hot. That's, that I've seen that several times. And it's very frustrating and it's very painful. And a lot of people will try braces. Most of the time, they don't really have a tendency to do a whole lot. So it can be very frustrating. So when you see a joint that has a lot of arthritis in it, it no longer looks like it used to look. It starts to become destructive. Whether it's rheumatoid and it starts essentially almost shrinking uh, and creating these crazy edges, or it's osteoarthritis and now you have all this additional bone uh, that is creating and kind of layering on top of the other bone. Now, that uh, essentially is what happens and what starts this, this snowball effect as we start to have more and more pain. So, does arthritis get better?
No. It unfortunately only has a tendency to get worse. Can we get it to plateau? Yes. Can you reverse it? In so many words, no. But the goal is to slow down the speed of progression so that you essentially don't get worsening of that joint, whether it's your thumb or your knee or wherever. And that allows you to prevent significant uh, treatment options. The ultimate treatment option for arthritis is surgery. Whether you're talking about a knee replacement, a hip replacement, a thumb replacement, yes, we have those, a shoulder replacement, or, or whatever the case may be. So essentially what my goal here today is to describe to you what things you could potentially do to prevent arthritis from getting worse. And at what point you decide what are my options and is surgery the right answer at that time. So um, let's talk about different types of injections. So I'll use the continued case with the knee. There are several different types of injections. I'll limit, I'll, I'll basically put them in three categories. We have a classic steroid injection, which significantly helps pain, but unfortunately is very temporary. Some people may get a couple hours and a couple days. Some people get lucky in more like a couple months. Does that structurally benefit the, the joint and does that change the arthritis? No. Simple answer, no. You are essentially blocking the pain from you feeling it and some of the swelling locally, but you're not structurally changing anything. It will get worse. All right, let's talk about a different injection, gel. We have something called hyaluronic acid, which is a very gel-like material that is used to be taken from the, the, the little red things on the top of the rooster's head, where they call the comb. Now, most of them are all synthetically created. You know, they have one shot series, they have two and three shot, they have five shot. Nonetheless, what does this do? This does provide some nutrition to the cartilage. For some people, it can be very, very helpful for several months. I've had people that lasted almost two years. Where is this available to use in the body? Only the knees. It does help with the hip, but the data is not super strong. So unfortunately, insurance doesn't cover that for the hip. So it's at this time, it's only used for the knees and you have to meet certain criteria to use it. Can you do that in the shoulder? You can try it, but it doesn't seem to do a whole lot. The, the thumb, not realistic. The back, not realistic. All right, the third category of injections is what we do here at the osteopathic center predominantly. That's regenerative medicine. That's taking what we call prolotherapy, which is just like sugar water. You can use PRP, taking blood out of your arm and spinning it down and putting the growth factors back into your knee or whatever. You can use bone marrow and your own stem cells, whether it's from bone or from fat, uh, just depends. You can put that in. Or you can use some of the newer ones, what we call amniotic tissue allograft or exosomes, which are higher level um, exosomes taken from somebody else and essentially purified. All of these can be used to treat arthritis. They are potent depending on which one you use. 
and have the ability to potentially slow down the progression of arthritis and maybe help with some cartilage growth depending on how early you start. If you're at the end of the road, you're not making that knee or whatever joint it is new again with injections. Unfortunately, just not going to happen. The last option is surgery. So whether you're talking about, we'll use the, the case of the knee, we're talking about a partial joint replacement, which is usually either behind the kneecap or on the inside of the knee. Traditionally, the outside joint of the knee, compartment of the knee, is not replaced by itself. Most people are going to have arthritis either on the inside of the knee or underneath the kneecap or unfortunately all three. One, two, three. Now that is very common and thousands, millions probably get done every year. The hip, similar situation. A lot of people end up presenting with such bad groin pain usually that their hip is in such disarray that they can't walk anymore, they're having trouble sleeping, and at that point, they usually, eventually, end up getting a hip replacement. Now, do these always work? No. Depending on the nature of the injury, other factors, uh, you know, other comorbidities, uh, the, the surgeon's expertise, the product used, there's a lot of factors but I'd say it's about 85% of people are happy with their joint replacement. But there's certain things that you can and can't do afterwards. Any injections into that joint, no longer possible. Infection, essentially, too, too risky. And unfortunately, some of these can fail. So what happens when they fail? You usually have to do it over again, and hopefully it works the second time or the third time. Nonetheless, surgery has helped millions of people but ideally, if you can prevent it from happening, that'd be even better. Then you don't have to go through the surgery, the rehab, the pain, and hopefully your joint works out. Well, if you can prevent that, then ideally, or pro, you know, uh, prolong it. So if you were gonna need a hip replacement by 50 and you get it at 60, you essentially bought yourself 10 years with your joint and, and not having to possibly worry about the ramifications of surgery if it doesn't work out. Now, um, this in general is kind of a summation of what arthritis is, how it presents, but I could talk hours about this. I'm not going to, um, but in general, we can help arthritis. There are several ways therapy can help, bracing can help, but ideally you want to get ahead of it sooner than later. If you start having early signs of arthritis, whether it's in the back or the knees or the hips, you ideally want to do things to prevent this from getting worse because once it gets to a certain point you really are out of options and either are hoping that a small little bottle of water is going to fix a huge fire which would be like a cortisone injection in someone who needs a knee replacement or you essentially just opt for surgery and then you know in 20 years you replace it again or you know, or however long it, it takes to, to, to die out, essentially. So uh, there's a lot of factors in arthritis. So we're trying to, I, I wanted to present it in, in a logical manner, and hopefully you found this helpful. If you want 
to discuss this more personally about your case, uh, we would be happy to discuss it. Uh, if you like this video, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe if you're listening one on, on, on the audio version and you'd prefer the visual version, this is available on a YouTube page. If you're watching on video and you prefer the audio version, it's available at pretty much all places you can get a podcast. Thank you very much and we'll see you soon. Take care.